Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. It is Movement Day in Seoul. Let's honor that right here in Singapore. Let's get moving, Ryan Huang. Good morning, Michelle. Happy Friday. <laughs> you made it to the weekend. Yes. And b- by the way, you only have a couple of hours, not you, of course, but you only have a couple of hours left to sign up for Executive Presence. The first masterclass for 2024 kicks off next Wednesday. Oh, yeah. So you've got another workshop coming up. So this is where people can learn to be like Michelle Martin. No, where they get in touch with that special something about themselves. You know how it is people walk into a room and some people just light up a room? Yeah, you've got that aura of sorts. It just draws in the air in your room. Like, hey, this is someone special. That's it precisely. We all need to get in touch with that something we all have that's unique about us that allows that to happen. So that's happening next Wednesday. I don't know how many more hours these uh, uh, applications will remain open, but I know that they will close sometime today. All right? Yeah. So if you want to be someone who can, I guess, be a bit more charming, magnetic in terms of personality. I think it's really about being able to articulate your value in the things that you say and in how you present yourself and things that you don't say as well. Yeah, I think that's important. In in, any context. Yeah, a lot of contexts. Yeah. All right, let's start this morning heading down to Shenton Way to the Singapore Exchange where I'm supposed to have lunch with JP soon. Uh, The Straits Times Index is set for a bit of a shake-up. One company is in, another is out. There have been whispers of change in the air for a couple of weeks, but now it is official. Who's in, who's out, Ryan? Yeah, so a bit of a shake-up of sorts, SDI has a new boy on the block and that is Fraser Centerpoint Trust. It's actually quite an old boy when it comes to property. <laughs> uh, they've been around, of course. You might know them for having a portfolio of stuff. Of course, Fraser Centerpoint is among some of the property names you will probably have been to. Uh, also, a lot of suburban retail malls. Uh, you've got the likes of other REITs on the STI as well. So they join more REITs on the STI. So all in, you've got FCT in and who is coming out is Emperor, which is the liquor giant. So a bit of a change when it comes to composition. It is a change. Fraser Centerpoint Trust is the largest suburban mall owner in Singapore. Its portfolio includes Causeway Point, Century Square, Next, Waterway Point as well, just to name a few of its components of the portfolio. What do you think of FCT's addition to the STI? Yeah, it's a interesting time for it to join the STI, which already has many property names. Uh, by and large, you have the motivation from the index maker, uh, the likes of FTSE Russell, of course, SPH Media Trust also in the mix. So when they try to compose the STI, it makes up of the 30 largest components or listed companies on the exchange, which is supposed to be a reflection of also the Singapore economy to some extent. So that is, um, I suppose, a reflection as well of how some of these REITs uh, Important to the Singapore economy. I suppose that was one reason why FCT was added to SDI. Well said. So there are currently six REITs among the STI's 30 that you just mentioned. FCT's addition will bring that total to seven. I want to pick up on a point you mentioned a while ago. Uh, why do you think Emperado was dropped from the blue chip index and what could this likely mean for the Philippine whiskey maker? Yeah, it's a tough one. Well, looking at the stock price action, it hasn't really been moving much. It's been quite sideways for the past year or so. That could be one reason. 
there isn't really a clear reason why these companies are moved in or out, but the general sense is it's supposed to be a reflection of the economy and where it's headed. Interesting. Emprado joined the STI just about 18 months ago. At that time, it took Comfort Delgro's spot, remember? But now FCT is pushing Emperado aside. Emperado's share price, by the way, is down about 4% since the beginning of the year. But over the past 12 months, as you say, has been trading essentially flat. Let's turn to corporate earnings and let's begin with Comfort Delgro, which netted more than $100 million during the second half of the year. That is 76% better than a year earlier. What is driving Comfort Delgro's profits? Is it higher taxi fares? Well, that could be part of the reason, but it seems like there are more folks taking, taking taxis. So the takings are... Up. So core public transport, taxi and private hire takings are growing. In fact, the second half net profit is up 76.5%. Uh, this is now at $102 million and that's off the back of revenue jumping 4.2%. So 4.2% jump in revenue, but the profit numbers are up 76.5%. Gives you an idea of the margins that are being recognized here. Uh, so this is off the back of sustained improvements in the company's core business, which is public transport, taxi, private hire segments through the year. So I suppose it's a reflection of how people are changing the way they go about, which is taking more of private hire and taxis. Public Transport is the core of its business, but it is worth pointing out Comfort Delgro has an international business. This past year, it secured an 11-year contract to operate the Stockholm Metro and a six-year contract to run Paris's Metro as well. What do you make of the state of Comfort Delgro's business? Yeah, it's becoming more global for sure. So it's got its eyes in London, in Australia, is snapping up bus companies in many places. So it's not just a Singapore business anymore. So like you pointed out, it has... Kind of diversified, and if you dig into the company, it's also trying to innovate. So it's got startups under its wing. It's got a venture arm. So autonomous vehicles in time to come could be another business for it. So there are a lot of interesting things happening for Covidelgo for investors to look at. Covidelgo shares have been trading lower over the past week, down three and a half percent, but they are still up more than thirteen percent over the past year. This is Market View. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. We'll have more local corporate news in a while, but first, I'm going to shift to the U.S., where stocks closed out another winning month with new records. The Nasdaq climbed nearly one percent overnight. The S&P 500 rose half a percent, while the Dow finished higher as well. For the month of February, the Nasdaq appreciated four point seven five percent and climbed above the 16,000 mark. Small cap stocks, well, they did pretty well as well. The Russell 2000 index rose 4% last month. Okay, let's head to corporate news now. Up or down style. Ryan, our first entry is Weight Watchers. Yeah, so that's going to be a down for me because they've lost some weight in the form of heavyweight Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> so she was a board member, or she is at least for now, but she is thinking of exiting the company and donating her shares. So with the loss of Oprah Winfrey, 
while investors are not liking the news and mm-hmm. are selling the shares right now. Also about integrity, if you've seen Oprah recently, she's lost a lot of weight. She told People Magazine last year she now uses a weight loss medication, which is not part of Weight Watchers services. So it makes sense that she would step down. She's also giving away all of her stock in the company. She's donating it to the U.S. National Museum of uh, African American History and Culture, which is great for the museum, not so great for Weight Watchers, because this means Oprah Winfrey no longer has a stake in it. Weight Watcher shares fell as much as 25% overnight. That is quite a cut. All right, let's look at Dell Technologies. Moving up or down? All right, that is going up. And it is thanks to AI. So demand for AI servers is going up. And Dell is in business of making stuff for AI servers. So it has reported a better quarter. And this is its fourth quarter results beating analyst estimates. And looking at the EPS earnings per share at 220 beating the consensus forecast of 173. Revenue came in $22.32 billion above the expectations of $22.16 billion. So this is a pretty strong quarter for Dell. Again, AI coming to um, land a hand in terms of momentum. That's one of the big reasons um, that seemed to help its business. And they cited the... Server momentum continuing. Orders are increasing nearly 40% sequentially. Its backlog is nearly doubling. So that is a pretty strong quarter for AI-related server business. Yeah, you may not have known that Dell, apart from PC, also makes high-powered servers as well. And that demand for these servers has spiked because... Companies need them to run their AI platforms. So, service sales seeing Dell net more than a billion US dollars in that last quarter, which is 90% more than a year earlier. Definitely an up for Dell, which is trading up 18% in after hours action. Our third international entry this morning is cloud software company Snowflake. Yeah, it's looking at a down for Snowflake because its boss, its CEO, is retiring. Frank Slutman is retiring. And that's so that investors like him quite a bit because after the announcement, well, shares plunged big time, 24% in extended trading. So it does look like they are not confident that his replacement is going to be able to fill up his big shoes. All right, so that's down this morning for a company that has so far been a market sweetheart, really. Let's turn to the Singapore earnings scene. We're going to do this up or down style. First up is IHH Healthcare. All right, these are the guys in the medical space and they are dual listed in Singapore and Malaysia. So it is looking like an up for me because net profit has jumped a year ago. So you are looking at the net profit up revenue has also soared um, to 20.9 billion ringgit against 17.99 billion a year ago. So you've got gross revenue increasing by 16%. So for the healthcare sector, it has managed to grow its non-COVID-19 revenues and that is starting to show in its latest report card. Yeah, IHH earned more than 200 million in the fourth quarter of the year. That 
is 280% better than a year earlier. It joins a group of Singapore-listed companies that are reporting triple-digit profit growth but whose share price has been languishing. We talked about several of these companies on this show yesterday. We talked about businesses like Far East Orchard, Centurion. We'll add IHH Healthcare to the list. Its stock is down half a percent over the past year. Next up, let's look at the maker of Yo's Drinks, the F&B company, Yoyap Singh. Yeah, this is interesting. Okay, overall it's up and there are a mix of numbers here. One is up, one is down. Profit is up and we are looking at a 183% rise in net profit for a second half to $3.4 million. And profit is up despite revenue going down. Mm-mm. Revenue is down 14.2%. To $151.7 million And revenue was down Because of lower sales In Malaysia, Cambodia The US and China Well, despite lower sales Gross profit margin Rose 3.4% So it managed to offset The drop in sales So cost cost optimization to the rescue for Yo Hyup Singh. Indeed, your shares down 18% over the past year. Like IHH, though, uh, you know, first of all, let, let me take a step back. Sales revenue down. Cost cutting has helped Yo Yap Singh report a big jump in its profits. It netted 3.4 million in the second half of the year, nearly triple a year earlier. But like IHH, which we just mentioned for contrast earlier, Yo Yap Singh's share price is not performing as well as its bottom line. All right, next up, let's look at the logistics provider Costco Shipping. All right, Costco sailing back into the black for FY 2023. So we are looking at a better second half. So losses narrowed for the second half. So all in for the full year. It had a record, uh, rather it recorded a full year net profit of 1.9 million, reversing from a loss of 88.6 million a year ago. Mm. And talking about the loss that shrank in the second half, it shrank to $59,000 from 94.8 million in the year ago period. So a big improvement for the second half. And a big part of it came through from a drop in admin expenses and this was due to the absence of a $99 million impairment of goodwill recorded in the second half of the prior year. Mm. So good second half helping a full year report card. And if we take a look at Costco's shipping share price, it is up 17% over the past three months. Back in the black. Okay, our last entry this morning is the rubber producer Halcyon Agri. Yeah, it's a bit of a reversal of what we talked about with Yo Hyup Singh. Revenue is going up, so rising sales volume, but net profit is down. In fact, it's got a net loss for the second half. It widens to $24.9 million. Mm. So this is where we've got a net loss for the six months ending December 31st, widening 31% from the net loss of $19 million in the corresponding year-ago period. So loss per share coming in at 1.8 cents, which is a rise of 25.9% from the net loss per share recorded in the second half of the prior year. So more losses for the group.
Our last word today belongs to Wendy's. The fast food company is in a little bit of hot water. There were reports that the company was going to implement dynamic pricing on its burgers, frosties, and even its breakfast baconators. Dynamic pricing, you heard me right, surge pricing, you know, where things cost more during peak hours. What a bad idea for fast food. Uh, The reports were based on comments that Wendy's CEO made during a conference call with investors. Wendy's backtracking on this today. We'll get to that Mm. in a moment. But what do you think about surge? pricing for a fast food chain? I like the idea because it kind of makes sense. Supply and demand when it's busy, maybe you need to pay more for your workers. Maybe your power bills are more. No, There are different things that add up to the costs. So maybe you have to reflect that. And conversely, if you don't need to pay so much, you should pass it on, the savings to your customers. And we already see in many places mm-hmm. um, Airplane tickets, for example, when it's busy, you can see prices surge and sometimes it's cheaper to draw in the crowd. You also see it for right healing sometimes when there are not enough cars. You know, it's happening everywhere. Why not at the restaurant? Uh, it's good for the company, but not so good for the customer. Airlines and companies like Grab, sure, they've used surge pricing to great effect. It does make money for the company. The reports that Wendy's would do the same have not gone over well with its core group of consumers, I'd say. Um, and that's why I think we've seen the company come out and say people have misunderstood its CEO's comments. Mm. But it still looks like they plan to try out different pricing methods. But maybe rather than talk about surge pricing, which points your mind to prices going up, they're saying they might offer discount items um, during off-peak periods. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, try to make it more promotional for stuff that are overstocked or <laughs> stuff they want to clear or promote. So I think it comes down to optics, right? You want to not look like you're profiteering from your customers. Like mm. if it's raining, you don't want to be selling umbrellas at a higher price. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're kind of looking like a somebody who's trying to take advantage of somebody, someone else. So I suppose it also comes down to your type of industry if you've got a lot of competition if you're the only one who's raising prices then it is not going to work out you have got to have the rest of the folks also on the same bandwagon so depending on the industry like if you're an airline you're only you're the only one flying that route then you're kind of stuck but if you can afford to walk out of the restaurant to the next one down the road then dynamic pricing is probably not going to work if you're going to be hiking prices but probably going to work if you are going to drop prices Yes, good point. And also, you got to think of your audience, you know. If you're going to go search pricing, Wendy's, you're going you're gonna to create a lot of hangry people. <laughs> the hangry people are the worst. <laughs> For sure. That's not what you want to feel when you're hungry, angry. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. Have a great weekend ahead. You too, Michelle. I'm Michelle Martin. He's Ryan Huang. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.